Welcome to Hippie Witch, magic for a new age. I'm your host, Joanna DeVoe, and this is a happy, hippie place where magic with a K meets the law of attraction. Hi, thanks for joining me for episode 317 of Hippie Witch, Magic for a New Age. My name is Joanna DeVoe, and I am the nature-loving creatrix behind Kick-Ass Witch, Putting the K in Magic, and Hippie Witch, the show you are listening to right now. I also have a free ebook by that name, Hippie Witch, Peace, Love, and all that good shit, and you can pick up a copy of that at www.joannadevoe.com. Or back on the description page for this episode, back on Blog Talk Radio. Today, today my friends, we're going to do something a little spontaneous here. I had something else in mind for today's episode, and I'll just save that for next week. Because while I was vacuuming my house this morning, (laughs) I had thoughts. And those thoughts started turning into a conversation with you in my head. And I was like, why am I having this conversation in my head with myself when I can just run over to my little studio, I say that in air quotes, and start talking to you all. (laughs) And let let me give you the full visual of what's going on here. My studio consists of a very old, cool-looking Anheuser-Busch wooden box (laughs) with a microphone sitting on it. I am sitting on the floor with a pillow on my lap and a laptop on top of that and some headphones on my head. And that is my studio. (laughs) That is my studio. Um, So, and that's sort of like almost antithetical to what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about spiritual rewilding which is a broad subject in my mind, so I'm going to hone in on what I was thinking about when I was vacuuming, and that is the tools of magic. Why we are attracted to all the cool accessories that you can find in a witchy shop, and how that actually might be just sort of a soul craving, an instinctual thing. So, I think I had rewilding in my mind because because Joey Morris just posted a video, I don't know when, maybe a week ago. I just saw it in my feed. I haven't watched it yet, but uh, it was called Rewild and Reclaim Your Power, Bone and Dirt. It looks like it's an interview, so I always perk up when I hear the word rewild, especially uh, when a witch is using that word because that's something that... I have talked about and written about, and it's in, what is it in? It's in the Spring uh, spring Equinox module of the Psycho-Spiritual Wheel of the Year. So the last module that we just did uh, has a rewilding challenge in it, because I'm really interested in the ways in which rewilding, this concept, if you've never heard of rewilding, it's about getting back to nature. And the way I originally heard it presented was... It had to be Daniel Vitalis. I went through a massive Daniel Vitalis phase. He got a little too wild for me at some point. (laughs) I kind of tuned out, but for years, I was a mega fan. I really liked him a lot. I loved him. Daniel Vitalis, I've mentioned him many times, but his whole thing was rewilding and primarily about food. That's where it started, at least my awareness of it. It was about food. And, you know, we eat all these unnatural, strange foods 
And it's not serving us. It's not serving our health. It's not serving our planet. And so there was a movement to rewild ourselves, to get back to nature. And you can see the way that this has, it started out as like a little health nut cult. And you can see the way that it has permeated the wellness industry and all the popular diets that you see on TV shows and stuff. They have like a touch of this rewilding in them now, which I think is a good thing. Then I started seeing it uh, evolve to include movement. Jonathan Mead comes to mind when I think about this, but like the way we hold our bodies also are very unnatural because we are basically co-creating our lives with machines. And uh, so we hold our heads in strange positions and we sit for long periods of time, which is, it's not natural to us. So again, like this rewilding idea started going through not just the fitness industry, but also just, I mean, if you're a health nut like me, <laughs> you've heard all about like standing desks and making sure that you don't sit for more than like, I don't know, 20 to 40 minutes at a time, stuff like that. That's part of this rewilding movement. I started thinking about I believe just of my own accord, I started thinking, I think back in 2013, about how we need to rewild ourselves spiritually, and we are. I believe that is the appeal of witchcraft and all the different varieties of paganism and just really like hippie kind of earthy, grounded forms of spirituality, stuff like that, however you want to categorize that. And I feel that that is a genuine soul longing that we have. And that is why, in addition to just looking really cool on Instagram, you know, it's like very trendy to call yourself a witch now all of a sudden. And I know that irritates some people. I don't mind because I, I think it is a, a true need that we have and that people, even if they can't identify why they're gravitating toward a more earthy practice, that on some level they they just feel this urge to make their lives more sensual, more creative, more grounded, and and witchcraft can do that for you. <laughs> so uh and an example I was thinking about too when I was vacuuming is uh I've talked about him a jillion times, Jack White, my rock god. Uh he's he really did for the mu music industry what Oprah did for books. So Oprah literally raised the literacy rate in America with her infamous book club. This has been tracked statistically and it's pretty cool and impressive to think Queen Oprah has that kind of power. Jack White did something similar with vinyl records. And not that they weren't hip and cool in certain circles, right? Uh, especially as digital music became more popular, it became cool to have a vinyl collection. Uh, but his business, Third Man Records, he doesn't just put out his own records for his own. He's in several different bands and he does a solo work and stuff, but he also produces other <clears throat> musicians and he always puts their records out on vinyl and he has shown that people complain that the music industry isn't profitable and he is like laughing in their face like hell yes it is and I think it's because he is serving a need again for this it's sort of the rewilding of the music industry 
it's a sensual experience, whereas digital music is cool and it's super convenient. I'm not, I'm not saying machines, computers, digital music, any of these things are bad. I'm just saying that they create a kind of atrophy spiritually, physically. They, it's like fast food all the time because essentially what we've done is we've made ourselves useless, useless, useless. So before machines and electricity and all of these modern conveniences that allow us to participate in the current reality that we all live in together at this really high level of productivity, before that, we did everything for ourselves. We hunted and gathered our own food. We prepared our own food. We built our own homes and That is who we have been for thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of years. This new way of being, of sitting around and letting machines do everything for us, I believe there's a cost to that. And that that is why even something as simple as craving the feel of an actual heavy vinyl record in your hand and putting it on the record player and manually putting the needle on the record and watching it spin around and then hearing that awesome cat crackle that I love, especially with really old records. I love the crackle. It's sensual. It brings you into the present moment. It involves you and your body in a different way than just having your phone in in your ear all day long, like podcasts and, and the newest latest album and TV and the internet and your your friends texting you and your mom calling you and it's it's a different experience both are good both can exist it's just i feel that we naturally crave balancing out all of that with these more sensual experiences which brings me around to the tools of magic so why this thought was occurring to me in addition to Morris just having a video title that involved the word rewilding is as I was vacuuming, I tend to do something, if you've listened to me for a while, you've heard me talk about it, it's called witching on the go. So I fit my magic into my busy modern life, right? So if I'm washing my hair, for example... Why not release the day's energy? Why not release some sticky energy from I feel that I feel from another person because I'm already in the shower and I already have to wash my hair. Same thing when I'm vacuuming my house. And uh, I have found most of my magic involves releasing things. <laughs> and I've noticed I've noticed this stuff of a lot of witches, which is funny because that was the episode I was going to do for you today before this rewilding thing popped into my head, talking about how most of what we're doing is just getting out of our own way and releasing things uh, to get so to unkink our flow, so to speak. And so a lot of the tools that we use in magic are for doing that. And uh, so the vacuuming, going back to the vacuuming, I was using it to, again, that, that new agey cliche, release that which no longer serves. So you're sucking up the dirt and the grime and the dust and whatever else your vacuum cleaner is grabbing, cat hair in my case. <laughs> and, uh, and you're thinking about, again, just releasing, releasing old, old energy to make way for the new. And as I was doing that, I was thinking about 
the way this is typically presented in books and magazines and, and uh, cool witchy websites is you want to use a broom, a besom preferably, that you got at like a pagan craft fair. <laughs> that, uh, you know, like those really cool ancient looking brooms that are also very attractive and Instagram worthy and they look like they came I don't know from the outskirts of some medieval village like the cottage witch who lives on the edge of the forest I love those brooms I don't have one because they're a little bit pricey and I believe that the magic isn't in in the besom it's not in the broom it's in it's in your intention. It's in the sweeping motion. But regardless of whether you use a regular broom or a very cool witchy broom you bought on Etsy or something, the whole point is to do like this kind of releasing work. And this is not a new agey thing. I think this is an ancient thing, Eastern traditions and Western traditions all around the world. I've seen many different cultures present different versions of this, where you sweep the bad energy, the illness, the poverty, whatever it is out of your life. Back in the day, this was, people used brooms by necessity. They didn't have vacuums. <laughs> they weren't doing it to be witchy. They weren't doing it. I'm sure that, that this is where these rituals came from because they were doing it anyway. And like I was saying of my modern practice, that was their modern practice, right? It's like we have to sweep the damn house. Might as well make it magical, <laughs> you know? And and these older cultures are very superstitious and they have all these traditions. And But if you boil it down, I think it's just symbolic and we speak in symbols. And so superstition aside, culture aside, there is something magical about sweeping your house or even vacuuming your house with the intention of releasing whatever, that which no longer serves. But it's funny to me to think about us now, us modern people, romanticizing these tools that were just basic necessities for people of of you know, centuries past. <laughs> they had to sweep their house. The cauldron was in every, everybody had a big cauldron on the fire because that was where their technology was at, at the time. So there is old folk tales and stuff that involve witches with cauldrons, but everybody had a cauldron. Everybody had a cauldron. So if you were like a witch hunter and you thought, a cauldron was a signifier of a witch. God help whatever village you landed on because everybody had a cauldron. <laughs> and now we see it as this like witchy symbol, which again is so awesome for release work. I have one of those cute little miniature wrought iron cauldrons that I use a lot. It's one of the most practical witchy tools, practical magic to just write something on a piece of paper that you want to release it's very sensual because you're holding the pen in your hand and you're touching the paper. You know, you put it inside the cauldron. Mine has a little lid, which is quite heavy for how small it is. And you light it on fire. It involves so many elements. You sit there um, poking it around to make sure every part of the paper ignites and you stoke it by blowing on it and then you watch the smoke rise and it has a scent. It has a smell. It's a very, very sensual experience that forces you to be in the present moment, which is your point of power as a witch, as a creative person, as a new agey person. If you want to intentionally create your life with purpose, 
Learn to live as much as you possibly can in the now, which is a different conversation about mindfulness and and the benefits of meditation and all of that. But also, it's part of the reason why these physical things like sweeping your home or doing that little ritual I was just talking about with your cauldron, it's one of the reasons why it's so powerful is it brings you into the now. It brings you down into your body and into the present moment through sensual experience. Having said that, I believe it also fulfills this soul craving we have for rewilding, to get back to who we used to be and who we still are deep down inside. Clarissa Pinkoli talks about Piccoli, not Piccoli, <laughs> talks about uh, your wildish nature. Your wildish nature is in you. It's in you. It's your soul. And even as much as we have divorced ourselves from nature, we truly can't because we are nature. We are nature as above, so below, as within, so without. Nature exists within us. And so coming back into our bodies in a spiritual sense, as a part of our spiritual practice, as a spiritual ritual, is, in my opinion, a form of rewilding. And uh, I think that's so cool. I think it's so cool that so many of us are into this now and sharing our little tips and tricks with each other and different techniques. Uh, And then one other thing that got me thinking about this was the witch's familiar. And how I don't call my cat Otis a witch's familiar. (laughs) He's not my familiar. People ask me that sometimes because I call him my soulmate cat. We have this super groovy, special connection. I can read like the slightest changes in his facial expression and vice versa. He follows me around all the time. I feel like he talks (laughs) and I feel like he understands me when I'm talking Uh, And then just beyond our personal connection, he is, we call him Mr. Congeniality because he's the greeter. He's the family greeter. He's here to greet all company (laughs) and to welcome any newcomers. And uh, if you're just a random neighborhood cat coming onto our property, you know, you might get your ass kicked. But if your intentions are good and you run into Otis first, he will welcome you to the fold. (laughs) He's just. He's the welcoming committee, and he's so sweet, and he's the group spokesperson. So I have four cats. So that's why I say you'll get your ass kicked here <laughs> if you're a cat and you run into any of the other cats. But Otis is cool. Um, Stanley's pretty cool, too. But um, he's also the group spokesperson. So if any of the other cats are hungry or thirsty or stuck outside or the litter's gross and I have to change it, he will come tell me. So he's this very cool cat that I feel like I have a deep, special relationship with. When I got him, he was taken away from his mother too early. Him and his brother were teeny tiny. They were both adorable little bubbas. Otis, named after Otis Redding, and Stanley, named after Stanley Kowalski. (laughs) I call Otis Odie, usually. Uh, And when I first got him and, and he was laying on my chest and I looked at him, I had this strange feeling of beyond just like, oh my god, look at this cute little baby. 
baby kitty. Their eyes are still blue because they're still new and they're so cute. Oh my God. Beyond all of that, which I definitely felt, I also had this strange feeling when I looked into his eyes that I had known him before or we've always known each other or, or I don't, I can't explain it. It was otherworldly almost. <laughs> it was just this weird connection. And, uh, and it's stayed like now he's an old guy, he's an old man. And I still look into his eyes and I still feel that. So some people might categorize that as a familiar because he feels very familiar. Uh, I just don't tend to label things like that because I like to be open to the entire weirdness of the experience and all the different possibilities and kind of live for the mystery. But technically maybe you could call him that. I don't know. But people... When you first get into magic, like familiars is a subject that comes up. Many witches go through phases of like, do I have a familiar? Have I ever had a familiar? I want a familiar. How do I get a familiar? (laughs) I know this because I get questions like this. And again, I think this is a rewilding thing. I think we crave deep connections with animals because humans have always had deep connections with animals. I'm sure back in the day... People had special, familiar relationships with one particular animal, but they were also, by necessity, connected to the entire animal kingdom in their own personal environment. Cats, for example. People usually kept cats around because that was their pest control. That was their technology. (laughs) The cats kept their family from dying of the plague. Like, cats are very handy that way, right? And uh, plus, they're just cool. They're fun to hang out with. And dogs, too. Like, they served a purpose. These animals were part of our lives by necessity. But then also, like, we had to understand the wild kingdom around us or it could eat us. (laughs) And I think we were just so tuned in to the animals around us in a way that we're not today. Unless that's your special hobby or your career working with animals. Um. So I think like this curiosity about familiars and this this desire to like read about them and learn about them and and see if you if you can find a familiar of your own. I do think this is some again like deep soul craving we have to come back to who we really are as a piece of nature. And I guess rewilding is acknowledging that that you're wild, you're you're Nature in a very intelligent, all of nature's intelligent. See, I I don't know how to speak about ourselves without creating a hierarchy. We have a different kind of intelligence that allows us to control our environment. And we have taken advantage of that in such a way that we've separated ourselves (laughs) from who we are. It's very bizarre what we've done. And, um, you know, people lament the loss of jobs and they want to blame political parties and things like that. But really, the real reason that many jobs are going to be obsolete and are quickly becoming obsolete is because of machines. Back in the day, people used slaves, which was really crazy and horrible and almost impossible for me to wrap my brain around, that that is just like a part of human history that goes back thousands of years. I can't understand this, (laughs) but um, and I don't want to, (laughs) but just say that too. Uh, Now we're learning that we can make machines our slaves. And they could do everything for us. And anything that you don't want to do or don't have the time to do, there's probably a machine that will do it for you. 
I'm a little bit of an old lady about this. I find it very scary when we start getting into robots that will have sex with you and cars that drive themselves. I, I, I'm not that cool. <laughs> I have, a, I have my limits. I don't know. I'm, I'm sitting here talking to you again, like into a microphone, all in a laptop. I'm a hypocrite for ever saying anything negative about technology because my entire life is supported by technology. My business is almost entirely digital. So again, it's awesome, but I think we can provide some balance to that by rewilding ourselves in all the variety of ways. But because this is a podcast about magic and law of attraction and stuff like that, I wanted to give it a spiritual spin and just to examine maybe the tools that that we feel drawn to and and to honor them as necessary soul cravings. There is a phenomenon when people get like addicted to Instagram witchery and they need everything to just, it just becomes very superficial and it just becomes about getting likes. I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about not feeling confident in your own spirituality. So you think you need more and more and more tools. I'm not talking about any of that. I'm just saying like, if you want a little cauldron, if it speaks to you for some reason, like honor that craving and give it a plate, a special place on your altar and use it often and see for yourself if it impacts your spirituality in a unique way that being all up in your head maybe can't reach, for example, like coming down into your body and experiencing the sensuality of craft. And I will leave you with that. Oh, I will not leave you with that because I wanted to tell you too, um, I'm just going to go ahead and give you $20 off the summer transition module of the Psycho Spiritual Wheel of the Year because it's coming up very quickly. It's uh, Beltane, May Day, the beginning of May, uh, very witchy, awesome, sexy holiday for witchy people. Uh, launches what I call the summer transition period. So it's the time when we start transitioning from spring into summer. And I like to take a psycho-spiritual approach to that. And if you want to read about that, there will definitely be a link. If you want to join us for the psycho-spiritual wheel of the year, you can get $20 off the summer transition module by using this code at checkout. Those damn hippies! Those damn hippies, (laughs) all lowercase, no spaces, hippies spelled with the pies at the end, P-P-I-E-S, those damn hippies. Uh, And and, uh, I've been giving discounts with the Psycho-Spiritual Wheel of the Year program lately to the different modules uh, because one, I want you to be able to do it, and two, I haven't had a lot of time to sit around... um, to make a big deal out about every turn of the wheel because I created this program, I think, again, in 2013. So, you know, my brain is on to making other new things. So I'm just going to give you this discount to make it easy for you. Those damn hippies, you get 20 bucks off. And again, there will be a link here on Blog Talk Radio and on my blog. And until I meet again, much love to you. Peace.